The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Trumpet Daily. Well, as promised, today is our year in review montage. In this behemoth clip, we will try to hit on every big story of the year in a way summarizing or hitting on the roughly 250 Trumpet Daily programs that have been recorded this year. I wanted to quickly refer you to a subheading in the booklet America Under Attack. It's titled a time of extreme urgency, and I feel like that's really what comes through in this montage. It's a huge challenge to cover all of the events in this 12-month span. It doesn't sound like that much, but sometimes it feels like you're trying to condense decades of events into this montage. So much is happening. Events are moving at a lightning speed. I'd like to refer you again, as Mr. Flurry did yesterday, to the latest Trumpet Hour program. That program is titled Year in Review, Remembering the 20 Biggest Stories of 2022. You can get that at thetrumpet.com. As usual, send us your comments, td at thetrumpet.com. I hope you enjoy the Year in Review montage, and we will see you next year. small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens. I don't believe that these protests were peaceful. I have attended protests and rallies in the past. Uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. Sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. Alarming situation there in Ottawa. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected, but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful. Reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior. The streets are clogged. The honking is incessant and deafening. There have not been any violent outbursts. However, horns have been honking for 12 to 21 hours a night. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. The police will be given more tools. These tools include strengthening their ability to impose fines or imprisonment. We are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms. How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these 
protesters. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. It's time to go. Your time in our city has come to an end and you must leave. I can tell you it will be a very different picture in the downtown core this weekend than it has been from the previous three weekends. Today, after careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. We are seeing people who are vaccinated and boosted who are getting breakthrough infections. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Hospitals in our states that are overrun and overworked because of unvaccinated COVID-19 patients. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well, but what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. The CDC has turned into a punchline. I wore my mask the entire game, and I, when people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath and I put it here and people could see that. There may be the need for yet again another boost, in this case, a fourth dose boost. Get that fourth boost. The man leading the fight against the pandemic now has the virus himself. Dr. Fauci has COVID. And after I finished the five days of Paxlovid, I reverted back to positive by the antigen test. Paxlovid rebound. And then over the next day or so, I started to feel really poorly, much worse than in the first go around. So I went back on Paxlovid. Uh, President Biden has been uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Hey folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. President Biden has tested positive for COVID again. The pandemic is over. Just into CNN, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky has now tested positive for COVID-19. Symptoms Walensky is up to date on her vaccines, having just received a COVID-19 booster just last month. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually everyone. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots. But the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. We can prevent essentially every COVID death in America. Get your COVID shot, get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You can one in each arm if you want. These vaccines are terrific. They're not 100% at preventing infection, but they are gonna prevent you from getting seriously ill. So even, uh, we know that these new updated vaccines are far superior to the prior vaccine that we had. And it makes a lot of sense, right? We have a vaccine that unequivocally is highly effective and safe and has saved literally millions of lives. So what's the problem with vaccines? I mean, vaccines are life-saving. The university says one of their players has died. 22-year-old Luke Knox, 17-year-old student, died during a show choir rehearsal. In For a fourth grade student, died suddenly. UCF's football coach has confirmed former player Jake Hescock has died. His family says he suffered cardiac arrest while jogging.
two teachers who were at Solms Elementary School for more than 20 years and passed away suddenly. Julie Powell, the best-selling author whose story was chronicled in the big screen in Julie and Julia, has died. Says she died from cardiac arrest last Wednesday. South African actress Charlby Dean has died at the age of 32, passed away on August 29th from a sudden, unexpected illness. There was another bizarre medical story in the NFL this weekend regarding the Cardinals' J.J. Watt. That he suffered from atrial fibrillation and that he actually had to have his heart shocked back into rhythm. Rod Stewart is opening up about a recent health scare with his 11-year-old son. His son Aiden was rushed to the hospital after going blue and unconscious while playing for his soccer team. The Royal Palace in Thailand has confirmed that the king's eldest daughter has collapsed with what is described as a heart condition. We begin here this morning with the sudden death of Grant Wall, a CBS sports contributor and the play-by-play -play -play announcer for the Atlanta Hawks basketball team slumps in his chair, then starts convulsing while his co-anchor keeps going unaware of the emergency so what's the problem with vaccines i mean vaccines are life-saving uh, the federal government just mass releasing single adult male illegal immigrants from federal custody the footage shows about a hundred apparently illegal immigrants mostly teenagers getting off a charter flight in the middle of the night in westchester the migrants then get on buses Someone on the tape describes how, quote, DHS wants this on the lowdown. Yeah, technically, we're not supposed to show IDs or anything like that. Like I said, everything's supposed to be hush-hush. In the footage, a government contractor explains that the flights of illegal immigrants arrive at smaller airports to keep them hidden from the public. We need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. We're on pace to release about 100,000 people this month alone. 164,000, that is a 50% increase in one year, and there's just no way to handle that. The border patrol facilities are now way over capacity, and the federal government has started mass releasing migrants into communities. The president of the United States decided to lift the Title 42. Your administration says there could be up to 18,000 apprehensions of undocumented migrants per day. Well, Donna, first, when it comes to Title 42, all along we've been following the science. That's what this is about. Yet we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. What they're doing to our border, what they're doing to our country is intentional. They're at least 9,500, and they stretch more than five kilometers long in the caravan right now. Take a look at this video. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of migrants crossing in broad daylight, predominantly single adult men. The tragedy in San Antonio, the death toll in an apparent human smuggling case has now risen to 50. Police found the victims in the back of a semi-truck last night. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser has requested the National Guard for what she calls a humanitarian crisis. The mayor says the arrival of migrants by the busload from Texas and Arizona have reached a tipping point. That over 9,000 migrants have been bused through here this summer alone, sent from Texas and Arizona. There have been immigrants by bus dropped off at Vice President Kamala Harris's residence. And, and being treated horribly, and they wind up actually in a place like Martha's Vineyard. And the people of Martha's <laughs> Vineyard are so grateful to be able to lend a helping hand. We have, at some point in time, they have to move to somewhere else.
right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants. Last month in August, there were 12 individuals on the FBI's terror watch list arrested here at our southern border. The tragic humanitarian crisis. We just heard some of the horror stories that people face just when they get to Mexico and trying to get to the U.S. They're being kidnapped, starved, raped, extorted. That's just in Mexico. I'm just wondering, Anna, where is the urgency here? Where is the outrage? Uh and soon, as of next week, unless there's court intervention, all migrants, no matter their nationality, will be able to cross and claim asylum. They are arriving in record-breaking numbers, two million this year. Roughly 2,500 migrants have crossed into El Paso every day this week, pushing the state to the brink. And that's before Title 42 is set to expire. It's not just that people are walking uh, across, uh, across the border. We were even able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing. And migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. Police call it a crime of opportunity. Carjackers attacking unsuspecting drivers, swiping their vehicle, and in some cases, more. Carjackings are on the rise in many cities, up 55% in New York, 63% in Minneapolis, and a staggering 85% in Philadelphia. The highest number of shootings in a decade, more than 40% spike in homicides over the last two years. News now out of New York City, there's been a shooting on the subway in Brooklyn. We know at least 13 people are hurt. Uh, possibly five people have been shot. Breaking news out of Buffalo, New York, where at least seven people have been shot and killed in a mass shooting at a Topps grocery store. Where at least 10 people have been killed at a grocery store in Buffalo. A witnesses say a man armed with a rifle entered that market and opened fire. Because of an awful scene playing out today in Texas, an active shooter for a time at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Fourteen students and one teacher are dead. The most comprehensive report issued to date on Uvalde's mass tragedy offers a scathing critique of all agencies linked to the response and the report's words, egregiously poor decision-making. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? San Francisco, as you know, had been a center of cutting-edge criminal justice reform thanks to Chesa Boudin and rising crime in this city and cities across the nation. San Francisco voters have tossed him out of office. Philadelphia, where two police officers were shot during Fourth of July celebrations a few hours ago. <laughs> Breaking news from the Chicago suburb of Highland Park. We now know five people are confirmed dead. 16 others have been taken to the hospital. Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin was giving a speech in the city of Fairport when a man climbed onto the stage and grabbed him. His campaign says the suspect tried to stab Zeldin. Police say that the teens carjacked Linda Fricky in Mid-City. Fricky was beat and then dragged outside of her car until her arm was eventually severed from her body. She then bled to death in the middle of the street. As there have been 757 carjackings citywide. As her husband and two young children slept at home, Liza Fletcher went for an early morning run through her neighborhood. Cleotha Abstin followed her, stalking her every move from a black SUV. Abstin leapt out 
beat her bloody, smashed her cell phone, then dragged her into his vehicle. Within an hour, Eliza Fletcher was dead. A mass shooting in North Memphis. We are told at least five victims rushed to the hospital tonight. The other crimes we've had this year leading up to this, it's difficult right now. Well, the first thing that I think we have to do is we have to stop sensationalizing America's crime problem. The other guys play the crime card uh, relentlessly and shame, shame, shamelessly. Violent crimes, shootings, homicides are all down meaningfully. Master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. Fear works. I mean, have Democrats done enough to well, combat that? No, I think they've been very, they've been caught flat-footed on the crime issue. Democrats have a pretty good record on, on crime, and yet they're not talking about it. Inflation is hitting the hardest on Main Street as the price of food, clothing, cars, and housing continues to climb from Chinese manufacturing plants to gridlocked ports to U.S. store shelves. Everything is costing more. This is the fastest consumer inflation, the fastest rate of price increases we've seen for just about everything since February 1982. Things don't feel great out here. The, these numbers are really bad. We have historically strong economic growth. We're working through an energy transition. Is that we are in a transition. We transition into stable and steady growth. We're going through an incredible transition. It's a Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike. For 7.9%. When Biden took office, the inflation rate was sitting at 1.4%. Gas prices now reaching a new all-time high. Uh, inflation really started to rise almost exactly when, when, when Biden came in the White House. Now, the economy contracted in the first quarter of 2022. After so my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad, angry, feel those emotions, go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita. I, I feel quite good about the strength of the American economy. 8.6% year-over-year inflation. That is, again, the highest since 1981. To the companies running gas stations, and setting those prices at the pump. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump. In the worst first half of the year since 1970. Uh, we are stronger economically than we have been. Because when I look at this report, I don't see any relief anywhere. We You're saying that's not a recession? That's not the tech. No. That's not the technical definition. In terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. We are seeing a slowing. That is not the actual definition of a recession. I'm not going to define it from here. I'm just strong economic growth because of the of the work that this president has done. Real incomes are going down. That one of the reasons inflation was high was all the government spending. And after we agreed on that, what did the government do? They spent more student loans, uh, welfare in terms of the CHIPS Act. Seems like nothing is sinking in. These numbers aren't better than expected. What a great day. Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. This is what it looks like when the American government works for the people. Um, but there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people. But we interrupt this celebration for a hard, cold dose of reality. Stocks tanking because inflation is accelerating. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not you. Maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. Federal Reserve announcing its decision on interest rate hikes. Mortgages, the average rate for a 30-year loan is now 6.2 
6.25%. That's the highest level since October of 2008. When I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard them there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. The state of the U.S. economy. 81% tell us they are dissatisfied. This is the second highest number we've ever recorded. The last time it was this high was just before the 2010 election. And you know how that one went. And a year after promising a change in tone. We can join forces. Stop the shouting and lower the temperature. President Biden has failed so far to do that. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex organization that's existed in American history. You know, MAGA Republicans have done, and you look at the definition of fascism. America, ladies and gentlemen, is under attack, and not from our usual enemies. It's tonight's address in Philadelphia is not being categorized as a campaign event ahead of the midterm elections, which is what it looks like, no. Instead, this speech has the full sponsorship of the White House. In other words, what Joe Biden is saying right now is the official position of the entire executive branch of the U.S. government. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans quote a clear and present danger to our democracy. President Biden tonight gave the speech of a dictator in the style of a dictator, in the visual of a dictator, using the words of a dictator. An American president comparing tens of millions of his own people to the moral monsters we shot and bombed and later hung from the gallows in World War II. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. We're learning tonight much more about the connection between the FBI and Sussman's former law firm, Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy admits the FBI has maintained a, quote, secure work environment within Perkins Coy offices for more than a decade, going back to 2012. A major defeat for the special counsel named by the Trump administration to look into the origins of the Russia investigation. A jury today acquitting a lawyer who was connected to the Clinton campaign who'd been accused of lying to the FBI. The Biden administration is facing fierce backlash for convening a group called the Disinformation Governance Board. Now, the woman appointed to lead that effort is a woman named Nina Jankowitz. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. Do you think the person you chose to head of it uh, expressed too much politics on their Twitter feed and it's caused some consternation? Uh, emin eminently qualified individual, uh, a recognized expert. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is pausing the work of the Disinformation Governance Board. Stephen G. Breyer will step down as a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court at the end of his current term. President Biden has made his choice to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. The choice is Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. First black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. And who also happens to be a black woman. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished 
black woman on the Supreme Court. You're the first black woman. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of Tonight, Politico is reporting on a leaked draft of a Supreme Court opinion in that Mississippi abortion case and that Justice Samuel Alito has been assigned the majority opinion, which according to the draft means Roe versus Wade will be overturned. What is clear is that what occurred with this leak was an unspeakably unethical act. What appears to be an unprecedented leak at the U.S. Supreme Court is sending shockwaves across the country. And he's right about that. The Founding Fathers didn't recognize abortion as a fundamental right because the Founding Fathers were racist, misogynist jerk faces who didn't believe that women had any rights at all. Breaking news out of Washington, where NBC News has just confirmed that an armed man was in fact arrested overnight near the home of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And what authorities say is that he was armed with a gun, a knife, and pepper spray and threatened to attack or kill Justice Kavanaugh. I think for a lot of people, the, a conversation about civility feels um, like it misses the mark mm. when constitutional rights that you believe that you had for over 50 years are about to be overturned. The court upheld Mississippi's ban on abortions after 15 weeks by a 6-3 to three vote, and five of those justices went even farther, voting to overturn Roe versus Wade itself. It is a huge victory for the pro-life movement. It's a victory for former uh, President Donald Trump. You know, a lot of presidents promised to put a pro-life majority on the court. He succeeded. No point in saying good morning, because it certainly is not one. Our breaking news this hour, a jury has just found Steve Bannon guilty on both counts of criminal contempt of Congress. Now, the former Trump strategist faces a mandatory minimum of 30 days in jail. Here, Steve Bannon pleaded not guilty yesterday in a New York court to charges of money laundering, scheming to defraud, and conspiracy. Bannon now faces between 5 to 15 years for wow. the most serious charge. Mike Lindell says the FBI served him with a grand jury subpoena for the contents of his phone as part of an investigation into a Colorado election security breach. Cars pulled up in front of us, to the side of us and behind us. Uh, we're taking your cell phone. We have a warrant for your cell phone. The FBI confiscated the phone, phone of Mike Lindell, the founder of MyPillow and a prominent ally of former President Donald Trump. The FBI has executed a search warrant at the home of former President Trump. Trump confirming the news in a statement saying Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida was, quote, under siege by a large group of agents. If this becomes a Presidential Records Act violation, not more. Do you think it is enough to warrant all of this? No, it's not enough to warrant all this. And this is a daring and dangerous move by the Department of Justice to serve a warrant on a former president and to raid his personal residence. It just sends the message that there is no person in this country who's above the law. If the Justice Department is returning to its historical position as a law enforcement agency above politics. says this is not a fascist state. I mean, they've raided the guy's house. I mean, one person told me there's no one going back now. I mean, this is total... You know, uh, there's 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 no reconciliation here when you when you raid somebody's house. We're once again in uncharted territory. We're, we're reminded there's nothing remotely like this in American history. And it is coming for the average American citizen. If they can do this to the former president, they will do it to supporters of the president, which is half of the United States. 
breaking news on legal action hitting Trump. New York Attorney General Letitia De James today suing Donald Trump, three of his children, and his entire company. As we speak, Nicole, right now, they are pushing a documentary called 2,000 Mules by a nutcase named Dinesh D'Souza. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. Critical primaries overnight in Wyoming and Alaska with a crushing defeat for Liz Cheney at the hands of her Trump-backed opponent. It's Harriet Hageman. The margin is almost two to one over Liz Cheney here. I think the Arizona Republican Party, the rank and file selected, uh, again, the most extreme slate of candidates probably in modern American history for election deniers. The breaking news we are following this morning, Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, hospitalized at this hour after being attacked with a hammer at the couple's home in San Francisco overnight. I, mean, I watched this one guy, was it Jesse Waters or something on Fox News? What he's been saying about Paul Pelosi the last five, six months, mocking him consistently. Don't tell me that's not aiding and betting all this. Of course it is. And the problem is when they conduct themselves by espousing violent rhetoric, people like this guy take it as the gospel and they carry out the violence. There's no two ways about it. What happened to Paul Pelosi was politically motivated. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Vote for John Fetterman this election day. You can count on John Fetterman. I will always stood with abortion rights and will always will. And I'm gonna be proud to be standing with a president that is 100% sedition free. when I when we looked at the uh, exits where people said I'm unhappy about the direction the country's going I'm angry I wonder how many of that is people who are angry about Biden. the state of our politics interesting we're looking at Miami-Dade looking very much like the rest of Florida and Florida starting to look like a red state right I mean Florida is a red state Dirt divergence between Florida which you know can't sugarcoat a disaster for the Democrats you put everything in a computer we should have lost 57 seats yeah easy yeah. four or five Senate seat and the reason is really Donald Trump but the Republicans turned their party over to him mm. and all he has done is lose election after election. Yeah. They still have a chance of holding on to the this, Senate? This wasn't even a good ripple. The red wave proved to be a red mirage. Again, when do you anticipate the votes will be counted in total, those 400,000 plus votes? Well, we have, uh, we will be going into next week. There's some onesie twosies. Uh, we still have over 50,000 ballots that need to be counted. We will continue to work through the weekend. The truth, everyone, as you know, is that it's going to take time, and that is normal. This is normal. Ordinary Arizonans will continue the ordinary work of counting votes. This is part of the process. Normal. This is normal. Yep. So it will take time. It take The process takes time. It takes time. This is going to take some time. It's going to take a little bit of time. So we need to be patient. We have to be patient. Just have to be patient. Let's be patient. So patience, patience, patience. We are now projecting that Democratic Secretary of State Katie Hobbs is in fact the winner in the Arizona gubernatorial 
race. That Democrats will keep control of the United States Senate, holding on to the majority. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Losing her speaker's job following Republican wins in the House, Nancy Pelosi announcing the end of an era. She will go down in history as one of the greats, and if not, you know, the greatest speaker of the House. Is she a true servant leader? She is. She is the essence of a leader. Yeah. You know, we all think we have to be perfect. She did. She probably was perfect in many ways. She has an incredible legacy and career to look, you know, look back on. Sort of hard not to be in awe of what she has accomplished, unless you're in a cult. The Senate has passed the massive $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. By a vote of 68 to 29, a broad bipartisan vote. There's not a human alive who can digest 4,155 pages of legislative appropriations text in that short a period of time. The House has enough votes to pass a $1.7 trillion spending bill. The legislation now heads to the president's desk. The massive spending package must be signed by President Biden by midnight Friday to avert a government shutdown. It's out there. The president has a lot on his plate. And for the next few days, he's going to be dealing with all of it from afar. Plans tomorrow to fly to vacation for the rest of this year and the beginning of next year in St. Croix. But what the White House is calling a quote-unquote working trip comes as the border encounters reach unprecedented numbers and Americans face the aftermath of the deadly winter storm. And look, very few people still would begrudge any president for taking a break during the holiday season. The problem, Mr. Biden, is that seemingly every weekend is an extended holiday weekend. Elon Musk is taking over Twitter to the tune of $44 billion. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Enter the Twitter files. Over the past few weeks, journalists picked by Elon Musk have been given access to some of Twitter's internal systems and communications. Elon Musk now has control of the most significant trove of secret information ever to reside in private hands. What we learned on Friday is that big tech works aggressively and in secret with government agencies to subvert the outcome of what the rest of us assumed were free and fair elections. This is not a complicated story. It's a very simple story. The FBI weighed in in the last presidential election on behalf of Joe Biden. A number of Obama officials went to work at all of these uh, social media companies. So the FBI reacted this way. They cranked up a task force with 80 agents assigned to Twitter headquarters. 80 agents. The former top lawyer at the FBI was Twitter's top lawyer. There were so many FBI officials at Twitter that they had their own internal messaging system. But this looks like a kind of psychological operation that you would see the CIA conducting in foreign countries, not something that you would see intelligence agents in the United States perpetrating against both news organizations but also social media platforms, namely Twitter and Facebook. Our first response from the FBI to the Twitter file dumps. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit 
the agency. This is an assault on this country. This cyber insurrection is borderline treason if you think about what the executives did at Twitter. And when Elon Musk said he didn't buy a company, he bought a crime scene, he wasn't kidding. Almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. mega drought in the western U.S. is so severe, it's making history. So we are going now into our third dry year, and the trend does not seem to be improving. The drought now believed to be one of the worst on record, with these extreme conditions expected to last throughout the year. There's a 75% chance that this mega drought will last at least 30 years. This is the fourth major flooding event in five months in Brazil. In February, more than 200 people died after torrential rains hit the city of Petrópolis. Entire houses collapsed with the force of the water, while desperate neighbors helped firefighters dig up their loved ones under the rubble. Water seen rushing down the mountainous region, with many victims still believed to be buried. Residents and rescue teams carrying body bags through the rubble as the death toll continues to rise. More than 1,000 people are dead and 1,500 injured in Afghanistan's deadliest earthquake in two decades. The earthquake has caused landslides which have decimated homes. Crippled by an economic and humanitarian crisis, this latest disaster is almost too much. Well, soaring temperatures are still hitting most of Europe. There are wildfires in Portugal and Spain. Today has been the hottest day ever recorded in Britain. More than 1,000 heat-related deaths so far in Portugal alone. In France, 39,000 people have been forced to evacuate as firefighters struggle to put out wildfires and shifting winds. The Rhine River, a key artery for shipping in Europe, is at its lowest level in 15 years. The devastating floods in Pakistan this summer caused by record-breaking monsoon rains have led to more than 1,500 deaths and affected millions of others. UNICEF says the floods have impacted around 16 million children and that more than 3 million of them are in need of immediate life-saving support. Eastern Kentucky is the epicenter tonight of the nation's latest extreme weather disaster. At least 16 people have died in flooding that rewrote the record books and ravaged neighboring states as well. Search and rescue teams backed by the National Guard are still searching for missing people. Bashir predicted the damage will take at least a year to rebuild. Now at least 25 confirmed dead. The strong currents swelled onto roads and swept away entire homes, destroying bridges and forcing thousands to evacuate. Now search and rescue teams are looking for survivors. It is as bad as the experts feared. Hurricane Ian has made landfall in Florida, and the experts say if you had plans to leave and haven't, stay where you are. The storm has intensified to a near Category 5 status, wreaking havoc on everything in its path. The wind continues to ramp up. But we're going to get smashed here. There are downed trees literally everywhere all over this area. A swirling monster. I can't hear anything and I can't see anything. As the state gets absolutely hammered. We are turning to the brutal holiday storm blamed for more than 50 deaths. At least 29 in New York State alone in the city of Buffalo still paralyzed. This morning, the death toll in western New York rising after what officials are calling the blizzard of the century. A winter nightmare unfolding, at least 51 dead nationwide, 29 in New York State alone. Easy to ask yourself, why God?
farmers in the Netherlands took a stand against the government's green crackdown. This week, in the name of fighting climate change, the government there ordered farmers to slash emissions from their cows by 50%. So farmers weren't for it. And to their great credit, there's still enough testosterone among Dutch farmers to protest it. And the police? Well, they opened fire. In one case, they opened fire on a 16-year-old boy driving a tractor. Dutch farmers just sprayed manure on a city hall. Large groups of farmers are taking over city centers. The Dutch government, however, has not listened to the farmers and is now about to shut down, wait for this, 3,000 farms. The execution of a protester in Iran triggered fresh protests in the capital, Tehran, overnight. 23-year-old Mohsen Shikari was hanged yesterday. Iran is still in the grip of the biggest protest movements the country has seen in years, with protesters setting fire to the ancestral home of Ayatollah Khomeini, the founder of the Islamic Republic. Now months old, the movement looks to be growing and becoming increasingly visible. These protesters are shouting death to the dictator in the streets. Nowhere is escaping the government's crackdown. This was the Tehran metro last week. Panic ensued as security forces opened fire and beat women with batons on trains. Well, as Iran tries to put down months of protests, more people than we knew about could be executed for their involvement in those protests. At least 43 people have been charged with crimes punishable by death, and the real number could be much higher. Anger boiling in Brazil, a symptom of a contentious presidential election. Police forces across the country moved to break up hundreds of blockades. Police were acting on orders to use force, orders that never came from Bolsonaro himself. Sri Lanka's prime minister has agreed to resign. That announcement coming after demonstrators broke into the official home of Sri Lanka's president, calling for him to resign over the country's worsening economic crisis. And security forces have taken place across the capital city, Colombo. Undeterred by tear gas, police firing in the air and water cannons, protesters gathered to march on the president's house. Officials say more than 100,000 protesters surrounded that building with video showing people breaking through police barriers. Is that the inflation is over 54%. The fear is that this could go over 70% in the days and months to come. There is a political crisis and these protesters are very clear. Enough is enough. A man in the port city of Hangzhou dragged off to quarantine by police officers. It's not the first time authorities and COVID enforcers have been caught on camera taking extreme and sometimes violent measures. In Guangzhou, residents destroyed COVID testing booths. Police in riot gear immediately swarm in. Pent-up anger over China's draconian COVID lockdowns boiled over into unprecedented protests across the country. China's giant censorship machine is in overdrive, determined to make it as if those protests never happened. A constant watch is being kept here and everyone knows it. A former place of protest still packed with police. Any sense of dissent, quieter, quashed. It feels like the crackdown here is working. Well, Israel is close to wrapping up its fifth election in less than four years. Tonight, Benjamin Netanyahu back on the ballot and hoping to take back power. He's on the brink of a big victory after exit polls put his right-wing bloc narrowly ahead. The crowds chant Bibi, King of Israel. 
And with some 85% of the ballots counted, it looks like the country's longest serving leader, Benjamin Netanyahu, has won his crown back. He'll now need to play his cards carefully to build a governing coalition that lasts. We begin this morning with the politically charged opening of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. China's government has been condemned for its treatment of Uyghurs. An estimated one million are being held in mass internment camps. The United States and other nations are staging a diplomatic boycott of the event. Turn now to the urgent investigation into the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Doctors tried to resuscitate him with blood transfusions but in vain. He was a fierce supporter of Japan's military and his country's role as America's trade and defense partner in the face of China's rising threat. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi landing in Taiwan even as the Chinese government continues with its threats of retaliation, sending a message to communist China that America stands with its democratic partner. Russian president says a military operation is now underway in eastern Ukraine. Ukraine has declared a state of emergency. The full-scale invasion that intelligence officials had been warning about for weeks is now underway. Russia unleashing an assault on Ukraine from multiple directions. And after a fierce battle, Ukraine lost control of Chernobyl. Russia's president Vladimir Putin receiving international condemnation. And Biden said direct sanctions on Putin are still on the table. It's been nearly six months since Russia invaded Ukraine. Since then, thousands have been killed and millions have been forced to flee their homes. There are serious fears the fighting could turn into a nuclear catastrophe. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. You don't. Biden leveled another batch of financial sanctions against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. And the president also announcing about 7,000 U.S. service members will head to Germany. Announcing plans to send a $775 million military aid package that takes the total of U.S. spending in Ukraine to $10 billion since the war began six months ago. And six months on, the humanitarian crisis worsening by the day. People of all ages fleeing Russian-held territory to reach freedom. Tonight, sabotage at sea. That's what President Biden is calling the leaks and explosions on the Nord Stream pipelines. The Russian gas lines are essential. They supply 35% of gas from Russia into Europe. They've been attacked. Unity among allies about not blaming Russia without evidence. We're not going to get ahead of the investigation. Danish and German warships deployed to secure the area. Norway putting its nearby energy infrastructure on heightened alert too. An emerging calculation. Putin is escalating. Russian President Vladimir Putin now threatening to use nuclear weapons and Putin says, I'm not bluffing. As Vladimir Putin now says, he will not rule out the possible use of nuclear weapons to defend Russia's acquisition of Ukrainian soil. The Russian authoritarian leader has doubled down on his invasion, threatened war with nuclear missiles and dirty bombs. And as Putin is faced with a stalemate or even a retreat, 
How willing is he to push that button? It's time to revisit all of these questions and ask at the end of this year, when and how does the killing end? French President Emmanuel Macron has won a second term, defeating far-right challenger Marine Le Pen. But the margin is projected to be closer than their first face-off in 2017. France woke to a new political horizon, a hung parliament in which President Macron's authority has suddenly been undermined. Here in Marine Le Pen's hometown, there was a sense of triumph. Her far-right party, the RN, going from eight seats to 89. Far-right candidate Georgia Maloney is, ex is forecast to top the poll and become Italy's most right-wing leader since World War II and its first female prime minister. It was the small hours of the morning before she came out to celebrate, but Georgia Maloney was energized by victory. Is that Italians in these general elections have expressed a clear indication that they want a centre-right government led by Brothers of Italy. Her party, the Brothers of Italy, is now the biggest and will lead a right-wing coalition government. Vladimir Putin's Russia poses the greatest current threat to NATO. Those are the words of German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in a keynote speech delivered a short time ago to Germany's armed forces, the Bundeswehr. And he said Germany's armed forces must become the best equipped military force in Europe. There was a time when talk of German rearmament would have caused shockwaves across Europe. But now, at Lenin, an old East German training area, they're preparing new soldiers for the mountain troops, part of an army that's about to be revitalized. War in Ukraine has put Germany on course for a huge increase in its defense budget. The German parliament has approved moves to boost spending by a massive 100 billion euros. Berlin now set to become the third biggest military spender on the planet. 100 billion euros to swiftly upgrade the armed forces and a pledge to spend at least 2% of Germany's economic output on defense every year. The special fund of 100 billion euros for investment in the armed forces is a very important signal that we are facing up to the challenges of the new security situation. It's been called the turning point in history. Decades after the defeat of Nazi Germany and the end of the Cold War, Germany is gearing up to become a military power again. And while a majority in Parliament has supported the expansion, there are also those who warn against growing militarism. An American woman has filed a civil lawsuit in New York accusing Prince Andrew of sexual abuse. In a New York court said Andrew accepts that Jufre suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks. Quite what Andrew's future is now is unclear. In today's statement, he says he will work to support the fight against the evils of sex trafficking. 17 years, sovereign of the United Kingdom. 14 other nations and the Commonwealth, head of the Commonwealth. I think just the most wonderful ending to what has been an absolutely spectacular four days as Platinum Jubilee celebrations. The Queen, of course, wanting to come out onto the balcony. a tumultuous week leading up to the stunning announcement Boris Johnson resigning amid all the scandal that's tainted his time in office. Britain has its 56th 
Prime Minister. Liz Truss, the longest-serving member of the Cabinet, has succeeded Boris Johnson in a contest. I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Britain is just hours away from its third Conservative Party Prime Minister in less than three months. The new leader of the Conservative Party is Rishi Sunak. And tomorrow morning, he'll be installed as Britain's youngest Prime Minister in over two centuries. It's really hard to look back on it now and go, what on earth happened? I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. of sand on the tip of your finger at arm's length, that is the part of the universe that you're seeing, just one little speck of the universe. Man alive, a, a, a speck? And if that's just a speck of the whole sky, uh, you can imagine how many galaxies are out there. We're going to go back almost to the beginning. The James Webb Space Telescope is intended to explore the oldest galaxies in the universe. These pictures show newly formed stars in a region called the Pillars of Creation. You are looking at some of the deepest views of space ever captured. For scientists, they want to peer through the clouds. It took me a while to even figure out what to call out in this image. There's just so much going on here. God has a master plan for man to plant the heavens. If you want real comfort and everlasting joy and be, be going around singing melodies, 
then you need to learn about God's amazing space plan. And I'll tell you, your spirit is going to soar.